Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Alright, hi guys, welcome back to The One Up Project. I've got a super exciting episode. This is probably the one I've been most excited to do for ages. Um, I'm bringing Suze on board to the podcast and we're going to talk about strengths um, and specifically talk about the Clifton Strengths Assessment, um, my results and how that works um, and yeah, talk about how you can also find, identify and develop your strengths. So Suze, hello, welcome to the podcast. Thanks Sarah, it is such a pleasure to be here and uh, talk strengths with you today. Cool, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I feel like ever since doing the the strengths assessment it's just changed my outlook on on how I think about my own strengths but also other people's and I'm really excited to dive deep into this and maybe talk a bit about goal setting and all sorts of things it's going to be so helpful for everyone listening so I guess we'll start off with like what is the Clifton strengths assessment um what determines your strengths and sort of how does it work Uh, the Clifton strengths assessment is run by um, Gallup and Gallup is a huge organisation in the States and they do a lot of work around um, strengths-based philosophy, uh, engagements and, um, you know, the number of people who have taken the Clifton Strengths Assessment across the world I think is over 18 million now. Mm. So they've got a huge amount of data that they pull all their facts and figures from. Um, so the Clifton Strengths Assessment um, is an assessment that anybody can do online and it focuses on your Uh, best opportunities for success and development and what it's all about is you take an assessment and it um, orders for you based on your answers uh, the 34 talent themes that Gallup sees um, as being behavioural strengths for people and um, you can then look into those and focus on the ones that are really going to bring you success um, and the things you need to achieve in life and they sit in kind of four key domains and that is relationship building, strategic thinking uh, which is the ability to absorb and analyse information and make you, help you make better decisions. Influencing, which is uh, the real ability to take charge, speak up and make sure others are heard. And executing, which is about getting stuff done. Um, and so the premise of it is to uh, find out what is strong and work there uh, rather than focusing on what is wrong and trying to improve uh, weaknesses. Mm, yeah, I love that, like focusing on your strengths because I do feel like um, a lot of the time we focus a lot on what there is to improve and what we're bad at and it's very it's not very likely for someone to say well what are your strengths and how do you use those in your everyday life I feel like I've never been asked that question <laughs> yeah. ever or like maybe in a job interview you just asked what are your strengths and then that's kind of it it's not really like how do you apply it and your strengths are usually more oh, I'm really good at excel or something rather than I'm super positive person yep. or whatever that is and often that's very technically based yeah you know so whether it's excel or you know i'm a i'm great with numbers or whatever but this is very much from a behavioral point of view uh, and mm. it, these strengths are how we we filter our world how we make decisions and it just helps raise our level of awareness in terms of who we are yeah and you're absolutely right you know the the conventional approach to personal development is very much around what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, and if we've got your weaknesses, how do we then improve them to make you better in those areas? And I guess the issue that Gallup sees with that is whatever your less dominant talent themes are, 
they're never going to be your really dominant ones. Mm. Um, and so then, you know, the, the time that you spend working on them is, is not going to be enjoyable because it's not something that comes naturally to you. 100%. The bang for your buck in terms of the time you spend there is not going to be as good as if you really worked in your strength zone. Yeah. Um, and so their approach is much more around identify your strengths and talents and work in those areas because it will be enjoyment, uh, enjoyable for you. It'll be much easier to do, and you'll, you know, the the gains you'll make in terms of personal personal success mm. will be much bigger. Um, and I think the difference there as well that is from a conventional point of view, if you try hard enough, you will get there. Yeah. Whereas from uh, get the strength point of view, it's more, you know, we're not well rounded. Mm. We are, you know pointed in terms of our abilities so we should focus our thoughts and investment of time where we're kind of pointed best at yeah definitely um, rather than trying to spread ourselves too thin and not doing anything very well yeah yeah I think the best thing about the assessment as well is that like you say we are pointed so then when you do this assessment you're able to actually identify and and verbalize what those strengths are whereas before you would have been so unsure of it and not sure how to apply what you're best at to your job or to everyday life um, and that's the best thing is that if you've got, you've got it written down you can refer back to it um, and you can really see how those strengths come into your everyday life it doesn't just have to be professional career or whatever it can literally just be with your friends um, which is something I've noticed as well um, yeah yeah it, and it is hard I think for us to talk about our strengths because we don't yeah. grow up naturally talking about them yeah and you know I spent a number of years in HR recruiting and interviewing people and that was always one of the questions that you ask and often people struggle to be able to verbalise mm. what they're good at and I think part of that is because our talents are so innate to us we don't really realise uh, that they are a strength until we develop, develop some self-awareness around it or people say to us mm. hey actually that's something you're really good at and you yeah. should do more of that um, and I think just culturally, we don't really like to talk about how good we are anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly we get shot down. Definitely. Um, so I think to have the ability to, to put some words around th about the things you're really good at doing, mm. there's real value in that. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it just makes you feel special as well, which is nice to yeah. feel like that. <laughs> and I think it, it is absolutely that. I think particularly when you can share your strengths with someone else who knows about strengths, it's a unique and shared language. And we talk mm. so much about diversity this is diversity um but with a really positive bend yeah because we're talking about what's good in us what's good in others the value we bring the value we see in others mm. so it is a unique language but it's very non-judgmental mm. but it is also very specific in terms of the things we are mm. naturally mm. good at um so in terms of the practical side of the assessment itself how do people, how can people go and um, complete that for themselves? So you can do it online and yep. there is a cost to it. There is, yeah. So anybody can go and access this assessment today. You don't, I mean, I'm an accredited Gallup um, provider of the Clifton Strengths Assessment, but anybody can go online. That's what I love about it is that, you know, it doesn't exclude anybody and your includer would feel mm. happy about that as well. Mm. So you just need to go to gallup.com. Um, there are uh, two choices in terms of what you can pay for. It's the same assessment, um, however, you can choose just to do your top five. Mm. And so your top five are your five most dominant uh, talent themes. Some people will say that that's all you ever need, yeah. that there is a lifetime of work in your top five. Um, 
and that's about 20 US dollars. Uh, for those of us who are just a little bit more curious <laughs> and can't help ourselves, you can get the yes. All 34 report. And so the All 34 report is all 34 um, talent themes in order based on your answers. Yep. Um, and that's um, 92 New Zealand dollars. Mm -hmm. You can do your top five first and then open up the rest of your all 34 without doing any more assessments. The, um, the 172 questions that you answer, you know, has all the information it needs to give you the top 34. Mm. They just give you what you want based on what you pay. Yep. So you need to sign up with an account, but then you get the information straight away. You don't have to wait for anybody to process anything. Mm. So once you finish the account fairly quickly, that report uh, is into your um, Gallup account and you can start reading through your information. Yeah. So you do get slightly different information, I guess different reports uh, with the top five and the All 34. Mm. Certainly the All 34 has a lot more information in it and if it's something that you're really serious about um, doing some work around, then I'd suggest you do the All 34. Mm. Both the top five and the All 34 are kind of like a treasure map. Mm. So you read it and you go, ooh, well, that's interesting, or, you know, I can see how that's a lot like me. Um, but to get the treasure, you have to do the work. Yeah, you have sure. to dig. Uh, and what that's about is, you know, it identifies your talent themes, but to really make them into strengths, uh, you need to invest time, skills, and knowledge into mm. those talent themes before they become your strengths yeah. but from the weaknesses point of view the strengths based philosophy doesn't in any shape or form ignore the weaknesses mm. but it um it brings them to the fore in terms of managing them and understanding them and where they might play out for you mm. um and then how you kind of keep those in check yeah but the focus and the spotlight is really on your strengths mm. um and more often than not the uh, your biggest weaknesses are a misuse or a misapplication of your strengths. Mm, um, yeah, that's so true. And I think people talk about them as balconies and basements or the helps and the hinders or there are different ways of looking at it. Um, I've got learners, uh, one of my dominant themes, and for me what that means is I'm really happy to research and um, read about and learn information about anything that I'm working on, but the problem is I get into these like, deep dark holes of information yeah. and an hour later I can still be reading something and go oh my god that's really interesting yeah. but actually not achieved too much so I got to be really careful that I don't just like keep clicking the hyperlinks um on different articles and end up like a million miles from where I started yeah. <laughs> and actually Learning about all sorts. actually written nothing down on paper yeah so yeah Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, if the listeners don't know, I've also done the uh, Clifton Strengths Assessment and I've got all 34 of my um, strengths ordered. So from 1 to 34. And I think it is worth, well, now that I've got the, the report, seeing all of them because I like seeing which ones are in the bottom and yep. understanding that. And, and it makes a lot of sense to you when you can read through um, the report like that and um, also it is a full-on report so it's not just listing the strengths from 1 to 5 or 1 to 34 it does give you further information um, which is really awesome as well so you can you can read into it because um, I guess an example is that my number one trait is positivity which initially I thought was oh you're happy all the time but that's not really what it means and it means a lot more than that and once actually reading into the report I realized oh yeah that is what I'm like and it's more than just having a good attitude about things, which was interesting for me as well. 
It um, is, absolutely. And and I think that's also the important thing to note is, you know, Gallup really encourages people not to think of them as labels. Yeah. Because we hear the word positivity and we have in our own mind and, our, you know, we have biases around what that means. Mm. And I think particularly if you don't have positivity in your dominant themes, and that's kind of generally one to ten, mm. you can sometimes see it in a bit of a negative light. You know, they're the people who are a bit... Um, perhaps unrealistic in terms of their optimism, mm. they're uh, a bit naive because everything so, seems to be, uh, you know, bright and happy and have that silver lining. Mm. Um, and as you say, there's so much more to it than that. And I think that's the great thing about the All 34 report is it talks about the real value that um, each of those themes bring, but also how you can then use it to maximise success for yourself, whether it's at work or, or at home. Yeah. Um, but if, Sarah, if we talk about your top five, so you've yeah. got positivity, futuristic, relator, includer, and adaptability. Which of those did you read and kind of go, oh yeah, that's absolutely me? Um, futuristic is the first one that I think, yeah. definitely, because I am someone who, I feel like I'm always thinking into the future. I'm, I'm, I want to say I'm a here and now, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not really someone who's like, and this can be a bad thing. I I don't take a moment to just appreciate um, the time that's happening right now. I'm always thinking about the next thing or how this is going to affect me in the future. And that also inspires me thinking towards what's going to happen in the future. I think, oh, I could achieve this. I could do so many things in the future. And that excites me. Yeah. Um, But then again, yeah, it, it means that I lack that ability to appreciate the moment right now. And when I read that, I was like, that's 100% me. I'm just yeah. very all about the future. And um, yeah, I resonated with that heaps. And so I don't think that it's that you lack the ability. Mm. I think it's more just your natural go-to is to look in the future. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's not that it's a weakness necessarily, but it's more now that you're kind of cognizant of it. Mm. And so when you find yourself hanging out in the future too much Mm. um you have that moment where you can kind of go actually maybe just reset in the now yeah and I think probably the thing that also allows you to do that easily is your adaptability Mm. and so that's people who can go with the flow they do tend to be now people but they can move around as well um and so those two combined just easily allow you with ease to just pop into the future you know look you know what if what can be Mm. Um, and I guess the, and not that we want to focus necessarily on the downsides, but then other people might kind of struggle with that a little bit, yeah. kind of going, well, we got to do today before we can get to tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. and so again, it's not that you can't do it, but that's just your easy go-to place. Mm. Um, and, and so it's just really be having that level of self-awareness around, I know I can easily go there, but if I have to be in the, in the now for people, then this is, you know, this is how I can be present in the moment. But yeah. it's also about, you know, some people don't have that ability to easily look into the future. So how do you then build the bridge so that you've created that kind of hope for them of the future, but they may not be able to see how you got there? Mm. So what can you share that's in your head that kind of builds that road for them? So they mm. go, ah, oh, okay, I get how the future can be like that. Yeah, I think it can scare a lot of people because they don't like to look too far into the future or that worries them thinking about how things could go any which way. But I, spe- I guess when I think about going into the future, I only think of it 
positively, which then relates probably back to yeah. positivity. Yeah. I don't really think of it as anything bad's going to happen. I just think, you know, if I set my mind to something and I'm doing, I'm putting all the steps in place to be the best version of myself or whatever, the only outcome is positive. Yeah. And so that's why it excites me. And I think that's what I would try and explain to people in a group setting would be, this is how I got here because I'm thinking, well, the only outcome will be good and try and make them see that that is it's going to be positive rather than some people like scaring them. Yeah. Because I think some people can get overwhelmed by the thought of things happening in the future and they just want to think about what's happening now and yep. and not too far forward. Um, so, yeah, I think I would try and make that relation between the positive things that will happen um, and the future and then what right now is going to help that to become mm. the, the reality in the yep. future. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, again, it's those combination of themes. In the top five report and the All 34, you can uh, you get a report where you see the themes in their purest form. Mm. Um, however, then there is your report that has the theme as it sits in your world and mm. that's influenced by all the themes around it. So even if you and I both had positivity number one, mm. how it plays out for you and how it plays out for me is it's going to be very different just because of the themes that sit around it. Yeah. Um, and just to chuck some stats in there, so the chances of getting the same top five out of order um, as anybody else is one in 278,000-ish. Mm. The chances of getting the same top five, same order as anybody else is about one in 32 million. Mm. And even if you do, wow. just what we said, but they are so influenced with the themes around them that, they just play out differently for everybody mm. and it just speaks to how unique we are um definitely yeah and how crucial it is that we understand ourselves before we try and get people to understand where we're coming from for sure that's the best part about this assessment is is it really helps you to identify um those strengths or, or those talents and I think it is hard especially when you're younger you kind of just accept that you are the way you are and you don't really think about why it's just sort of that's the way it is and yep. then this helps to lay it all out in a nice list where you can read through it and think oh yeah that really does relate to this part of my life or whatever um, and again just helps you to understand yourself a lot more which I think is something a lot of us can struggle with when trying to work out what we want to do yep. in life or just anything in general yeah 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 and I think when, when you do the report, you get a couple of lines about each of the different themes. So you have a brief under you know understanding about what all 34 mean. Mm. And so even if you are working or you know uh, hanging out with people who haven't done their strengths, you can probably make a bit of a guess sometimes on what some of their dominant themes are. And so you mm. talked about your futuristic. And so the, that's people who are inspired by the future and what might be. Um, and they can really energise others. Mm. However, if you're talking to someone who maybe has analytical as a dominant theme, you know, they're people who search for reasons and causes um, and have the ability to think about factors that might affect a situation. So they m will be looking at the future in a totally different way to you. Mm. Um, for sure. It's say, funny. Yeah, that's my 31st. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a way down the line. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or even people who have discipline, you know, um, who really enjoy routine and structure and um, their world is best created by the order that they create around them. So when yeah. you're saying, but look into the future and what might be and, you know, we potentially are changing things up, they'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. 
Um, and so those are the kind of people that you really, you know, you have to see the value in what they bring, but also be able to talk in their language yeah. so that you can get them on board if you need to, to help take them on the journey. Yeah, and I think that's another thing is in a workplace setting or just in life, I would have looked at those analytical people or disciplined people before and think, we just don't relate. Like, we yeah. just don't. It's just the way we think just isn't the same. Yeah. But now I feel like I would go from a thinking okay well we could see the same thing you're just gonna get there in a different way to me so how am I going to show you in your language what yeah. I sort of mean yeah um and yeah that's another benefit of doing this this assessment as well you and I think you've absolutely hit uh, the nail on the head there that the best in class get to the same output but in a different way mm, mm. um and so there is no one single theme or no set of themes that makes people better workers or better people mm. it's really how you use them and how you apply them yeah um and so from a strengths perspective you know if I was say a manager of people I would be saying to people this is the output I want you to achieve you mm. know this is what done looks like but how you get there you make your path you do it your way because mm. you'll do it in the way that best sits with you that best resonates with you but if I said to you you know do it my way, you, you could probably do it, but it wouldn't be nearly as enjoyable. No, and you wouldn't feel fulfilled doing it yeah. either, I think. Yeah. Whereas when you're um, doing things to your strengths, you feel a lot more fulfilled because you think that's really um, touched on what I'm best at or yeah. what I um, what works the best for me in my mind, I guess. Yeah, and uh, so through Gallup's engagement surveys, that's one stat that they have, that people who get to use their strengths every day in work um, are six times more engaged in the work that they do mm, mm. Um, and three times more likely to report a, a good quality of life. Yeah. And you can understand how those two kind of connect. 100%, that yeah. If you're working in your strength zone, you're generally doing things that come to you easily that you enjoy doing. Yeah. And so that's got to be good for your mental health. Mm. You know, the satisfaction you get out of that... Uh, would be far greater than doing something which you just didn't enjoy. You know, if I said to you, go do something from an analytical point of view that really makes you delve down into reasoning causes and find out why certain situations are how they are, mm. you could do it, but it just would not bring you joy. No. And you'd get to the end of the day and you'd be knackered. Yeah. 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 Whereas... I if you spend your time doing the things you love, you'll get to the end of the day and you'll be energised. Yeah. And you'll want to do more of it. Yeah. And that's exactly how I know I want to feel going, having a career in the future or whatever. And I think that's how a lot of people want to feel um, who are going through uni or coming out of high school who are sort of just starting their lives and don't know what they want to do. They want to feel that fulfilment every day. I yeah. know I definitely do. And so now knowing my strengths, I feel like I can then apply them to whatever job I'm doing to make it feel more fulfilling. I mean, I always thought, because I'm a big relationship person, I mean, relationship building is my, it's in four of my top yep. five. It's your dominant domain. Yeah. Yep. Um, oh. And I thought doing accounting and now about to go into an accountant's job and role, I'm thinking, how in the hell like, <laughs> am I why am I doing this? I'm not going to enjoy it. Or like, I don't have any analytical strategic thinking yep. um, strengths. And I just thought that, what am I doing? You know, but I think I now realize I can bring a whole different side to the job and I, I'll be able to 
put forward relationship building values that maybe a lot of other people might not have and and that's what I'll enjoy a lot more is interacting with people yeah 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 um and that's right you know when from as individuals we're well pointed and that's where our focus should be Mm. but from a team perspective you really a team can be well-rounded and it should be Mm. because the best partnerships are the people who are those most different to you yeah because um it forces you to look at a different perspective Mm. um, which makes you if you're open to it think in a slightly different way challenges Mm. your thinking and I think that's where the real magic can be created um yeah and I guess so with the reports uh for people who are listening what Gallup also does it tells you in the all 34 report um of the four domains and I mentioned those earlier executing influencing relationship building and strategic thinking Mm. it tells you which is your most dominant domain based on how you answer the questions. And for, for Sarah, it is relationship building. Uh, so in her top five, one, three, four, and five, all sit mm. in the relationship building domain. Mm. Uh, and then, but her second one is executing um, because they look at your top 10 dominant themes. And so while, I guess on the pages, they're divided up into kind of columns and squares, it looks like it's a, a sharp, hard line. That's not actually how they work. That is the, you know, that's the domain where you are most dominant. However, you can use that relationship building um, talent themes that you have to achieve things in the strategic thinking domain and achieve things in the influencing domain. You just mm. use them in a slightly different way. Yeah. And that is the key behind this is the intentionality of how you use those talent themes. Yeah. Yeah, so I suppose like uh, going on to that point, because you were saying earlier how we these are our talents right and then it takes the knowledge and um, skills skills to turn them into uh, strengths how exactly does that work and how can we like do that Gallup defines a talent as the natural capacity for excellence Mm -hmm. so in a it's innate you you know you're essentially born with it you can't acquire it however strengths the strength in that is the ability to uh, consistently provide near perfect performance in a specific activity. So for in this perspective, it's, it's talents. Um, and so once you have your talents and you understand what they are, you apply knowledge, skills, and time, um, and then you build these to, comp- to, you know, to produce strengths for yourself. Mm. Um, and so the All34 report is really helpful in that is it because it tells you how you can best maximize it. Yeah. It doesn't give you that level of information in the top five, um, but I guess if you think about it hard enough, you'll be able to um, kind of understand how you can apply your talent themes to make them into strengths. You know, what can you do more of? Um, how can you use them more at work or at play? Um, and again, mm. it's that intentionality of using them in the right way while also understanding, you know, if I misuse or misapply them, how then they became become the, the weaknesses of the, the basements. Um, and so, you know, I guess from a if we want to call it a goal-setting point of view, there's a couple of different ways you can do it in that you can think about um, if there's something really big that you have that you want to achieve, mm. then what in your dominant themes can you use as your talent themes and your strengths to really help you achieve that personal success? Right. Um, or you can just choose to intentionally aim a, um, a particular talent theme. So say if you were focusing on positivity, it's like, well, um, how can I use my positivity 
today, tomorrow at work yeah. to really make that a strength of mine. You know, what do I know works well for me? Um, what do I think is going to be a benefit to me, to my team, to my organisation? And how can I do more of that? Mm. So that's that's the digging for the treasure. Yeah. That's, um, you know, that's the hard work. And it's really it's really easy to do these assessments and go, oh, that's really interesting and put it on the shelf. Um, mm. But you do have to have a level of discipline to actually then put it into practice um, yeah. and make it a real strength for you. Um, yeah, those are probably kind of the two key ways that mm. you can easily use it, uh, regardless of which report you have. Mm. Yeah, I think you can't help almost, if you're if you're a bit of a curious person, um, you can't help but sort of look into those talents um, and try and make them strengths. I feel like now when I'm in a social situation or a setting at work, if something happens and there's a challenge or something happens and I'm really good at it, I'll think about those strengths and think yeah. about how they've come into play in that situation. Um, with positivity, for example, I feel like um, when there's an energetic vibe around the workplace or whatever, I thrive off that because I love when everyone's um, in high spirits, they're upbeat, there's a lot of energy going around. Um, you can ask any of my friends. I'm a very passion-driven person and like I'm an emotion-driven person and I just love feeling passionate. It makes me feel motivated. If other people feel like that, then I just absolutely thrive off that and I want to um, harness that as much as I can in the moment and just really enjoy that. And I was telling Suze earlier that I, I've realised I feel like that's why I love going to live sports events or just live events in general because there's always this high energy happening and I just thrive off that and I love the passion. I love how it brings people together and that's exactly what I want to implement into my everyday life is bringing people together um, and having high energy and being passionate yeah um and on the offside of that you were saying that you are less comfortable or your your choice is not to probably sit anywhere by yourself yeah yeah I was saying how it's funny because I get people um I used to work at a gym and I'd get people coming in all the time saying oh when are the quiet times because I don't want to be here <laughs> when there's lots of people here performance quiet and I would just think to myself like what I love when it's bustling and and everyone's around and um there's lots of people and and whereas other people hate that and I feel a little bit uncomfortable when it is really quiet I yeah. feel like there's something missing and and I'm like why is there why is it so quiet so I just love going to places where there are lots of people around and it's all happening because I feel like that's the place to be. Um, and I suppose that goes into what we were talking about, how I like to be like amongst everything as well because I just want to be right in the, the hype of the situation yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Um, and positive, positivity is an interesting one because, I mean, you can talk about the themes being loud and positivity isn't always necessarily loud, but I was saying to Sarah that... You know, the people who have this in their top five or even their top ten often bring a real energy into a room, mm. um, which they may not notice themselves, but when they're not in the room, people notice that they are missing, that they aren't there. Um, and so, again, that's, you know, strengths kind of play out their best when there are others around because if there was no one to feel the vibe of the positivity, then it's, you know, it's just hanging out on its own. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Sarah, if we, you know, we talked about productively aiming the themes and if we talk about positivity, because mm. we're just kind of on that theme today, um, you know, how would you describe a great day at work? What would that be for you? 
Um, for me, a great day at work would be when there's something happening. There might be an event on um, within the coming weeks or coming days. Uh, there might be someone coming in to speak to us that everyone's excited about. There might be a big project going on and people are all high energy and they're in high spirits. And I feel like when people are in good spirits and they've got a lot of energy, they'll be more productive, which means everyone can get more done um, and they'll be happier about doing it. Yeah. And I, like I said before, I feel like I'm a very passionate person um everything I do is driven by passion whether it's like my opinions or just what I'm doing it's all yeah all or nothing for me a lot of the time and so yeah I think I would thrive at a day at work when everyone's energetic and we can all work together to come up with um some sort of solution to a project or a problem um with a lot of passion and a lot of enthusiasm about it yeah yeah and I guess so if you talk about the aiming side of that is you know knowing what you know about having that high energy but also wanting to be around the kind of people who have that same sort of energy Mm. um, because we talked earlier about you know I think sometimes some positivity can be a little bit offended if you know you feel you're bringing it to the room and others aren't yes um but that's kind of outside of your control um Mm. in in some respects right so if that's what a great day is for you how can you or how do you if you do it consciously Mm. but if you don't do it consciously how can you make sure that you have more of those days yeah in those days where the energy and the enthusiasm isn't already there I would try and bring that in whatever way I could, whether it's making something exciting or um, bringing something to the room that gets people excited or thinking about something. Yeah. Um, Because obviously there's probably not going to be exciting things going on all the time. But I do like to bring that enthusiasm so that hopefully someone else can feel the same and they can bring that energy because then I thrive off it. So I guess I'm sort of doing it in a way so that other people can bring that forward and then Mm. I can feel even more. Yeah, you might just need to help them find it a little bit. And that's maybe when you can kind of lean on some of your other um, talent themes, you know, Mm. whether it is futuristic. So Mm. I don't know, you know, if you're in a team meeting and – there's something coming up in the future and you can see there's some real buzz around it. Mm. It's kind of selling that story and talking to people about it and creating that energy that was maybe missing. Yeah, for sure. And I think the adaptability um, trait that is also in my top five comes into that as well because I want to be enthusiastic, but I don't want to do it in a way that's going to like piss people off. Yeah, yeah. I want to do it in a way where people are going to relate to it and be like, oh, yeah, I, w- I want to get excited about that too. So it's about knowing the room, I think, and yeah. being able to identify other people's way of thinking and then using my enthusiasm in a way that they'll be able to relate to. And so you start a new job soon? Yes, exciting What's times. the countdown? Um, one week exactly. So this Holy time next Delio. week, I'll be in an office. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully, bringing a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Don't let that take them take that away from you. Yeah. So if we talk about that, right? Because um, one thing that sometimes some teams don't do very well is um, celebration. Mm. Um, particularly you know if you're working on a project or uh, if there are deadlines to be met you know and often there's a lot of high stress that goes with those uh, particularly in corporates because you know they just Mm. 
need to get stuff done fast. If you think about the team that you're going to start work with and when they're hitting their milestones and get reaching deadlines, you know, what is it that you think that you will bring to help them celebrate those milestones, you know? Because for, yeah. for people it will be different. Everybody celebrates in different ways. I suppose, again, with adaptability, I'll try and work out what feels good to other people um, and then and go from there. Because um, I do like celebrating the tiny victories and I think every achievement is one to, like worth to, yep. to be celebrated. Um, even my own, like, I like to celebrate the tiny victories yeah. in my own life as well. Absolutely, you should. Yeah. And, and I think, to your point before, it is about knowing, that, you know, being able to read the room. And because you've got Wu in your top ten, mm. um, you know, and, and Wu is, has that ability to, to read a room and understand um, how people are kind of feeling on that particular day, mm. um, there is certainly the opportunity when those milestones arrive to be the person to initiate discussion or initiate the celebration. Because mm. um, for the most part, it comes from a very genuine place. Yeah. Where there will be, will be some people who it's just not natural for them to, woohoo, mm. you know, high fives around. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe that is your place, mm. that you are the person who goes, you know what, we've done a great, you know, few weeks' work, we've nailed this project, client's really happy. I think we should go out for lunch or do yeah. something. You know, that might be your one of the roles that you play in the team. I think sometimes people can take that positivity trait of mine and sometimes think, oh, why is this girl, like, so excited about nothing? Like, you yeah. need to <laughs> calm down or yeah. something. But everything that I get energetic, passionate and excited about comes does come from such a genuine place. Yeah. And um, it ties into honesty being one of my top values because... I just wouldn't bring forward something positive unless I actually believed it. I wouldn't just yep. bring it forward for the yep. sake of it. And I suppose that speaks to why positivity is my top trait because it is so genuine to me. Whereas if I was just pulling shit out because it was, yep. it seemed like the right time, it probably wouldn't be up as high on my strengths list. In terms of goal setting with your, your strengths, if you're working on making them strengths, should when like we make goals should we put those strengths in the goals or what do you think are some good ways to implement those strengths into yeah so yeah absolutely so like I said like if you've got a particular project or something that you're working on um and I don't know if you have something now but you know if there's something you know you have to achieve like big an ideal way to do it is kind of look to your dominant strengths and think to yourself, well, what is it that I need to do and how do I break that down so that I can use my strengths um, to really help me achieve that goal? Mm. And so in the All34 report, it, it's quite good because in, in the report it talks to you about how you can maximise your potential using each of your individual strengths and it gives mm. you some examples of things that you can do. And so, for example, with your positivity... Um, help others see the humour and positive side of life, encourage others to keep their eyes on the positive by helping them see what's going well for them. Because mm. um, you will know that there are people who just don't have the capacity to do that as easily. Yeah. And so for you who can easily do it, it's just a bit of a helping hand that you can kind of give people who, you know, when they're in the time of, I just don't know that I can do this. I don't mm. know how to do it. I can't see my way through this bit of fog. It's kind of mm. like, 
you know what, I can absolutely, and this is your futuristic and positivity yeah. helping you out, I can see how the future is going to be brighter. Mm. Let me build that bridge for you and we can absolutely do this as a team. Yeah, definitely. Which, man, when you're feeling like life is too much mm. is one of the best things you can probably hear. Mm. Um, and then, so, and so it gives you other examples of things that you can do. So, yeah, I think depending on what your task is, you can write that down and then you can write down what a so what, sorry what your ultimate goal is you can maybe break that down and give us your top 3 tasks mm. and for each of the tasks that you need to achieve which of your dominant themes can you use to really push that along for success and i would say the key around that is that then is to share it with someone yeah because it's really easy to write it down but then do nothing mm. um and i think once you share that with someone and say this is my goal these are my top 3 tasks these are the way, you know, these are the talent themes or my strengths that I'm going to use to achieve them and this is what I need to do by when. Yeah. You know, there's suddenly that whole accountability around it that, you know, if I don't do it, I'm going to look like a bit of a dick. So best I get onto it. Yeah, and I think once you have identified which talents or strengths go with those tasks or goals, you feel it's a lot more realistic and achievable for you as well. Whereas before you might like not have been able to see the connection there between something you're good at and the the goal and you think well that's impossible yeah and I think it it gives you a bit of a greater sense of control as well yeah because sometimes when we have quite big goals in front of us it's hard to know where to start Mm. uh, depending on kind of how your mind thinks um if you're high on strategic you're probably okay Mm. um but for some people it's kind of like wow that's big I'm not really quite sure where I start but if you talk about well what what are three things that I can do now today that's going to make a difference to me achieving this goal? And if I've named those three things, what are my what which of my dominant themes best relate to me really making that a success? Mm, and if you've got the all thirty four, you can kind of read through the sections that talk about maximizing your potential to just give you some ideas. And it is really, it is just about generating ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the people who um, will go and do this assessment and then they've gotten their report say they've got the all 34 and they're reading through it and seeing what um, what their report says about them is there anything you'd suggest to do once they've sort of got that information like should they try and have a think about how that applies to them or yeah or should they so um I think when you're reading the report for the first time, grab a highlighter and just highlight the bits that really resonate with you because mm. generally they will be the things that you do really well that are very um, will come off as being very genuine and real for people who are on the receiving end. Mm. And so those are the things you want to keep doing more of. Yeah. Um, as we said, because they're so innate sometimes, people don't really realise that it's a talent or a strength. It's mm. just like, well, isn't that how everybody thinks? Yeah. Uh, no. Um, and so um, what I'd suggest is giving it the report to somebody else who, who knows you quite well, Yeah. Um, getting them to read through it and then having a chat to them about what they see because mm. I think that's the real moment in time where people also get some aha moments where they go, oh, okay, right, well, I didn't really realise, you know, that, that's different to how other people see the world because you know you only ever think like yourself um and so I know that you know I've done teen coaching sessions with this and I worked with a manager once who had woo in her top five and she said to me you know what I've got woo in my top five now I did this assessment about 10 years ago 
I had Woo in my top five then, and I just don't get how Woo is me. Yeah. And so for the listeners, Woo is um, it's an influencing theme, um, and people who love the challenge of meeting new people, winning them open, winning them over. Sorry, um, they you know get real satisfaction from breaking the ice and making connections with people. Mm. Woo is about you know um, social courage um, and being able to read the room really well. So. She and I spoke about Woo, and she's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I kind of get it. Um, and then we went into the team session, and so I said to the team, you know, can anybody give some thought to why Woo is, you know, a great fit for this manager? And one of her team said, yeah, you know, I uh, I think this is a great example in that we had someone leave, the, so this was, um, she was the, they were in HR, and she said, we had someone leaving the business a couple of weeks ago, and so we had a morning tea for them. And as we as an HR team were going to the morning tea, uh, we found out that the manager of the person who was leaving wasn't there. And so there was no one to do the farewell speech. Right. Um, and so the manager of the HR team who had Wu in her top five said, oh, well, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, key, give me just give me the key achievements while we're walking there. Where's she going? You know, what's up next for her kind of thing? And so she walked into this room full of people she spoke about this person. She said, you know, great having you on board. You've done this, you've done that. You look forward to hearing about your new role, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I said, okay, so what's your level of comfort doing that? 10 being like easy, no problem. Zero, like I wanted to die. Yeah. She was like, 10, no problem. And her team started to laugh and her team all have woo in like the least dominant, like in the 30s. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, oh, my God, said one of them. And she said, I would have just wanted to vomit on the floor. Yeah. She said, I couldn't think of anything worse than standing up there in front of a group of people I didn't know, not being prepared with what I was going to say and just, like, winging it. Yeah. And the manager went, oh, my God, I get my woo. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you need others to kind of play back where they see your talent themes to really help you understand what they are. Yeah, um, definitely. And so that was a perfect example. And which kind of takes me to, you know, if you've done this assessment once and you do it again, um, it's likely that your dominant themes will stay dominant. Mm. Uh, your least dominant, which is kind of the bottom 10-ish, will stay there. And your supporting themes, which are in, in the middle, will stay there. Um, because fundamentally, we are who we are. Mm. We can grow and expand and um, really tinker with our talent themes. But fundamentally we're not going to be great at the things we don't do very well, yeah. no matter how hard we try. For sure. You know, there has to be some very significant life changes to move stuff around. Yeah. Um, so usually it'll stay the same. So, yeah, yeah. So there'll be some shuffling. Right. But for the most part, it will stay the same. Um, and so if you've done it before, you know, out of curiosity, you could do it again. But for the most part, it will stay the same. I think uh, it's like 0.7 correlation that it will. Mm. So one being that all 34 will be in the same order every time, which is just unrealistic. Yeah. So 0.7 is pretty good. I think, you know, what that means is intrinsically we are who we are. Yeah, for sure. Um, and given what we know, that's where we should focus yeah. is in our strength zone. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, so onto that, I suppose, why do you think it's important for everyone to be focusing on on their strengths and and why do you think this assessment will benefit them yeah I think you know from a self-development point of view um it's a great start yeah self-development itself is is this you know we talk about so much about it there's endless numbers of self-help books on shelves 
Um, yeah. But this is really a key in terms of the self-awareness, right? It's, and it's not a light switch that you turn on and off. It's a continuous journey when you're working on your strengths. Definitely. And like I said, there are some people who say you only ever need to know your top five. Yeah. Uh, there's a lifetime of work in your top five. Um, but again, for those of us who are curious, it's like, I need to know what's in my yeah, bottom. Yeah, I needed to know. Um, and I think it's, I th- for me, I think it's great to have all 34, right? Because it's good mm. to know that the all 34s, that it's not bad. It yeah. just echoes that you are not that person. Yeah. And if you need to achieve those kind of traits, you just need to do it in a different way. Yeah. You just need to use your strengths differently because they kind of flex and bend in terms of how you use them. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of why it's good to do it, that you know, things can just happen to you, but it would be better to set out the things you want to do, set some goals uh, and learnings along the way. And if you do it this way, then you have a very proactive approach in terms of what you want to do and what you want to achieve. Mm. Otherwise, you'll just get to the end of the year and be like, oh, another year done. Yeah. Whereas this, it can be, you know, I, you know, you can look back at the terms of how you set your goals and how you used your strengths to achieve them and how you grew into those strengths. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the self-awareness around realising, well, you know, I know sometimes my positivity really grates people yeah. because for those who are really so far down the scale on positivity, they sometimes find it a bit OTT, for sure. a bit too much. And so I know with those people, I just got to, you know, dial it back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, understanding ourselves better helps us manage our own thoughts, emotions and behaviours, which, you know, if you feel like you have that level of control, um, it just makes for a smoother day. Uh, it's good mm. for our mental health, right? Um, continuous improvement. You know, I, I really believe that we, we are always learning and we always should kind of till the day we die. Yes. Um, and I think the beauty of this sometimes is it makes you step outside of your comfort zone, mm. which is really where the learnings are because otherwise you just do the same stuff the same way. Yeah. Um, so if you have 10 years in one job, are you spending every year doing something slightly differently and learning along the way? Or are you just doing one year one and then replaying that nine times yeah exactly um it helps you to be more confident i think when you have that um idea that you have some control around your thoughts emotions and behaviors that it you know it's kind of like anything that throw gets thrown at you from a resilience point of view it's like you know i I know how to handle this i Mm. know i know what's strong in me and what i can do to make this work really well for me um and i think also if you start setting goals once you achieve those goals, it gives you more confidence to keep going yeah. and to set more goals. Mm. And you can't help but just achieve more by doing that. Definitely. Um, yeah. And so the drive to just keep going, to try something else, to do something else. And you won't always succeed. And so if knowing to fail is okay. Don't give yourself a hard time. Just mm. pick yourself up, figure out what the learning is, yeah, how to do it differently, and off you go. Yeah. I think the self-awareness piece you spoke about as well is, is so crucial because I feel like that's something a lot of young people struggle with is just not knowing who they are and not being aware of I don't think it's just young people to be honest everyone (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, so that's what's so good about it and just about being curious about yourself in general um is that you gain that self-awareness and then the development piece comes after that because you can then be you can be aware of, of what your strengths or your talents are and then develop on those and work on them um, to make them better in the future. And staying curious, I think, is important. 
Absolutely, and I think curiosity is one of the top traits that you can have in terms of being a great leader. And when I say mm-hmm. leader, I don't just mean a leader of people managing teams, but you know, you can be a leader anywhere. Yeah. In your community groups, in your sports teams, whatever it is. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, once you understand yourself a bit better, it allows you to help, uh, you know, understand others. Yeah. Particularly where you don't maybe get on so well with people. It's kind of like, I can understand why we're different. Yeah. And how do I see the value in what that person brings to this relationship? 100%. Yeah, you can be a lot more tolerant yeah tolerant and you bring even more compassion in a way I think to the way other people think and yeah yeah that's that's a really good part about it and I think sometimes people struggle to see the positives in the person they are or sometimes they can think oh well I know these things annoy other people I know these things are annoying about me well what are the good things and the positive things you bring to the table and this helps highlight that um, and like you said, I think that will definitely improve confidence and um, help people see the value and what they bring to a friendship or a relationship or a workplace. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, as I said before, you know, it's if you don't understand yourself well, then you can't expect others to do the same. Yeah. It is good understanding those individual differences and in perspectives and it's done in a way that's non-judgmental and celebrating the diversity mm. of all of us. So yeah. Yeah, I think it's a great tool. I um, really encourage people if they can afford to to do the All 34 because I think yeah. you get so much more information than your top five. But understand, obviously, there's the the issue for cost for a lot of people. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, if you've got uh, 19 US dollars to spend, then think about doing it on your strengths. But you know what? If you if you if you can't and you um, would rather just figure it out for yourself, I'll give you the five clues of uh, to talent that Gallup have identified. Okay. So it might help you still identify your strengths without doing the assessment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so five clues to talent. Number one is yearning. So to kind of what activities are you naturally drawn? Right. Mm-hmm. If you could take everything out of your calendar, what would you actually just choose to do? Yeah. If you didn't have to do you know all the other stuff. Yep, for sure. Um, satisfaction. So it's quite rare to find pleasure in places that we don't also find strength. Mm. Uh, so what sort of activities do you do and think, oh, I can't wait to do that again? Yeah. Um, and a slightly different way to look at it is, you know, um, what are you doing at work or at play when you're truly enjoying yourself? Number three is rapid learning. So, you know, that's about how you're naturally wired to learn. You know, what do you do well that you don't necessarily need explained to you in much detail? Mm. Or what do you do naturally but struggle to break down the steps for others. And that's kind of because your brain just processes it so quickly and so naturally you don't really have to think about all the steps that are involved. Right. Um, glimpses, glimpses of excellence is number four. So what have people told you that you're great at doing um, or what do you know for yourself that you're really good at doing? Mm. And number five, total performance excellence. So, um, you know, sometimes when you do a task, they talk about being in flow where time just disappears and you're highly productive and you get stuff done, but you just don't notice the time. Right. Um, and so you can kind of think about those five in the context of, you know, what's your best day of work look like? What would you be doing? What tasks do you do best? What are you naturally drawn to do? And how do you like to kind of organise your day? Yeah. So you can kind of, I think, get a feel for your strengths by sitting down and working through those questions as well. Definitely. Um. And it's not rocket science, but it's yeah. just we don't take the time to do it. Yeah, for sure. 
and and like you you sort of said to me before it's hard to articulate yeah. what who you are because like you say that's just who you are and yeah. you don't know how that works or why or what that means because you've always been like that so there's no way of explaining it that's just who you are yeah um so yeah like you say if you can if you can sit down and actually focus on it and think about those questions you'll be able to identify those strengths yeah and talk to people around you right because they see you and work and at play and will be able to give you you know their subjective view yeah. on what you do well well, thank you, Suze. Oh, it's been here. such a pleasure. Thank you for having oh, me along. That's all right. Yeah, I really appreciate your time. And I know this will be extremely valuable if for no one else. I'm sure it will be, but it definitely was for me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I hope you guys got something out of it. I definitely recommend doing the assessment um, if, you, if you can because it has benefited me in a lot of ways and it's just made me more aware of who I am, which I find really interesting and I love personal development, self-development and all that kind of thing. So I think this is really interesting for that. And um, yeah, like I said, just gives you that awareness. So if you can, definitely do it. Just hop online um, and otherwise work through those questions. And thanks for listening. Thanks, team. Bye. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, Be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project. And I'll catch you on the next one.